Hey, it's Monique. I hope all is well. Welcome to episode 55 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share my experiences with transitioning to a vegan lifestyle and also bring on guests to share theirs. Of course, you know, I know, and you know, and we all know (laughs) that there's so much power in the story. So sharing your story and connecting with other people is just so important if you want to transition to a vegan lifestyle. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also be sure to follow me on Instagram, YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are the most. I am Brown Vegan on all those platforms. So on today's show, I have my girl Nikki, Chef Nikki in the mix. I have her on the show and she's going to be sharing her experiences, her ideas and what, how she was able to transition to a vegan lifestyle in 2016. And we actually recorded this podcast episode probably about a month ago, but we had a chance to meet in person this past weekend. We were both working in Toronto. So it was really, really good to be able to connect with her and her boyfriend, Gray. Remember last year, um, he was the guy with the viral Thanksgiving song about vegan Thanksgiving. So that's her boo. So we talk about how they were able to transition together. Um, we talked about her animal activism, how she does so much with PETA, which is the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. We talk about my experiences with PETA and how they were a- and how and her experiences and just the great work that they're able to do in the community. We also talk about what it looks like to be a black vegan and not only a black vegan, but a black ethical vegan, because a lot of times people do veganism, especially in the black community for health reasons. And for us, how we like to do it for a little bit of both, you know, as ethical as well as health reasons. So we talk about that. We really just dive into a lot of um, her activism, which I think is so important. And she's doing amazing work. She's really, really doing amazing work. So be sure to follow her on social media, Nikki. N-I-K-K-I for the number four people, P-P-L, is where she does all her activism. And then Chef Nikki in the mix is where she does all of her cooking. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with my girl, Nikki Ford. Oh, Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course I did. I had to have you on the show because I just love following you on Insta Story. Love following you on Instagram. We're going to talk about all the good food you're making. Oh, but, thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. Before we get into that, though, I want to find out why you decided to become a vegan and what year this was for you. Okay, so let's start with I started um, my vegan transition in 2016. Well, that was last year. So, like, yeah, like 2016. And I stumbled across a video PETA posted on Facebook. And it was like footage in a slaughterhouse and what was happening to cows being snatched away from their mother. And I just started to cry. Like in that moment, I just broke down. And I'm like, why am I eating meat? And I always call myself an animal lover. And I'm like, okay, so you love animals, but you're eating them. And it's like, no, we can't do this. And I'll call Gray, my boyfriend, in the car. I was riding in the car. And I called him and I said, Gray, we can't eat meat. Like, I'm on the phone crying. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just seen this video. Peter posted a video about what's going on with animals. And he was like, you need to stop watching that stuff. I'm like, no, like, I had to see it because it has hit me to the point where I can no longer eat meat. Like I can't be part of this. And I said, so we're not eating meat anymore. Like I'm not cooking it. We're not having it in the house. That's just that. And I stopped in that moment, cold turkey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know, here's why I think it's like, wow. Because most people, when they see videos like that, they instantly click right out of them. They don't even look at them. So what do you right. think? Why do you think you 
kind of stuck around and looked at that. Did you already kind of have a feeling that you think about going vegan before that? Or like, how did Yeah, you... well, I've known. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I've known a few <laughs> vegans. And I just thought they were just really boring and the food they were eating, it didn't seem appetizing to me. It was more a whole bunch of kale, really. <laughs> they were doing a lot of juicing and eating a lot of kale. And I just didn't really see anything like appetizing about the diet. I didn't really link it to what was happening in a slaughterhouse and what was happening to the animals. I just figured they were on a vegan diet for overall health. Mm -hmm. And I've always been an athlete. So health to me, it wasn't really a big concern. But at the same time, I knew health is important and I should eat to live, not live to eat kind of thing. So when I seen the video from PETA, it just hit me like it was just so sad. And I think in that moment of watching it, I've already known that stuff was going on, but I just turned a blind eye to it. So to just sit there and watch the whole video, like every part of the video sad, and it just made me cry and break down. So I just knew in that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do it because I've tried pescatarian. I've tried um, going vegetarian, just a whole bunch of different little trendy things that I would try. But I'm like, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm just done. That's it and for you. Nope. Yeah, that was it for me. Wow. So, okay. For you guys, for guys, the people who are listening, uh, official gray music is her boo. And so what yes. did he, th yes, what did he, okay, in the car, he seemed like he was like, what in the world's going on with you, right? Stop watching this yes. because, look, you messing yes. with my food now. Right. So, when you got, <laughs> so when you got home, like, what did life look like immediately after that since you decided to do it without really transitioning slowly? How did that look? Okay, so shout out to Brown Vegan because I have been following you for years. Really? I follow your Target haul when you go shopping at Target, <laughs> when you would cook and your two sons would be there. Like, I've been following you on YouTube, okay? So, so you did I kind of have a feeling that you wanted to go yes, vegan then. Exactly. Yeah. I'm saying. Like, I've seen stuff and I've had friends. I just kind of was like, uh, maybe it didn't hit me enough. Like, I wasn't ready. And that's what it is. I just wasn't ready to commit to it and just face reality and say, Nikki, you're part of what's going on with the animal cruelty. I wasn't ready to face that. Mm -hmm. So I knew a little dishes I wanted to try to make. And I knew it would be a pretty easy transition just because... It just seemed like the food was always fun, like from what I was following on YouTube and Snapchat or my Instagram stories, people who were making vegan food, they actually made it look really cool. So I think the first meal I made was something like a garden chicken, those chicken strips. Mm -hmm. And we had chicken strips, and I believe like something regular, just like French fries or something. And when he came home, I'm like, great, this is vegan. He's like, this tastes pretty good. I'm like, yeah, so I'm no longer cooking meat. Like, so get used to this because I'm not cooking meat. And he wasn't going for it. He said, no, he's still going to eat meat. And he still would eat meat. And I wouldn't. And it really blew his mind because he's like, like, you're really not eating any meat. No. We would go to his mother's house. They would eat it. I would say no. And he's like, okay, she's serious. Wow. Like, she's not eating meat. So I just started to watch more videos and I just started cooking and I've never cooked until I was vegan. Mm -hmm. I so pre-vegan, yeah, yeah pre-vegan, I, I didn't care to be in the kitchen. I throw something together or just go out to eat. But mm -hmm. now that I'm vegan, I enjoy being in the kitchen. I enjoy making my own food. I don't have to go out to a restaurant. I actually just prefer to make it myself. But he's tasted the food and it blows his mind that it's all vegan and it tastes that good. Yeah, I mean, he listen. He had everybody around last Thanksgiving <laughs> singing, singing his song, his Thanksgiving yeah. song. Yeah. 
So that is so dope how you inspire him not only because I'm sure he, he was a musician before this, right? He was a rapper before. Oh, yeah, he's all been this. a musician, yeah, since he was like 16, probably 13, let him tell it. But you know, like a teenager, you know how they always say, I've been rapping since I was four. But um, <laughs> he's been a musician forever. And, and him making that video, it was so funny because we were in the house one day and the You Name It Challenge came on and we were all laughing about what she was saying. And he was just like, yeah, I'm going to spit something over this. And I'm like, OK, I didn't think nothing of it. And then one day he hopped in the car and he did. And he was like, did you see my video? And this was before it went viral. And I was just like, you are so crazy. It's just another day to me, you know, because he does this all the time. Mm -hmm. But his phone was going off like crazy. And I'm like, hold on. Like, I think you did something now because your phone is like blinking nonstop. And when I guess when we saw like Russell Simmons retweeted, Jermaine Dupri, PETA, that's when I got excited. I'm yeah. like, do you realize PETA retweeted it? He's like, no, but do you realize Russell Simmons? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> PETA retweeted it. Like, I love PETA. We have to reach out to them. And we reached out to them just with a thank you and saying we're coming to L.A. Actually, we would like to come to the office. And that's how everything kicked off with me being able to work alongside of them for all the animal protests that I've been doing. That's like really, really exciting how that video, it sounds like it yes. changed our lives. It <laughs> did. It changed our lives. And that's that's right. the thing. I introduced him to the vegan lifestyle. He did the amazing rap, which introduced me to PETA, which has now me working with them on several projects. And he's still able to rap and promote veganism and make it cool. And people that look like us are interested because before it wasn't cool to be a vegan if you weren't white or if you weren't rich or they, if you weren't a hippie. Yep. They just thought they're boring. Yep. So here we are, young, black, into hip hop music. Nice looking people, people like, too. Oh, Y'all are nice looking yeah. people, so that helps. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. But it definitely, it has more people, you know, interested in like, oh, wow, I want to learn about this veganism thing and... I mean, it's, our inbox is flooding with people interested in recipes and how did we do it and they want to try it. It's just, I mean, we've been getting such great feedback from so many people concerning this vegan lifestyle and vegan diet. That's amazing. That is so crazy. So you just, I want to go, I want to talk about PETA because we both actually, before we recorded, we realized that we lived near PETA. We grew up near PETA. So I have to talk yeah. about that. But before we do, I want to talk about a little bit more about um, the process of experimenting in the kitchen. Because I know that that's a hurdle for a lot of people. Um, me and you, we, like we said, we can relate to that because we didn't really cook before. How did you get over like the feeling of like, okay, I have to cook my food now. Uh, where do I start? You know, I like how you started with gardenia, something that was super simple and good. So that it gave right. you like, it sounds like the confidence to keep going. So what are some of your favorite dishes? So two, two part question. What are some of your okay. favorite dishes and how did you feel confident enough to get in the kitchen and keep going? Okay, my favorite, two of my favorite dishes. I make an amazing curry, coconut curry chickpea stew with potatoes over rice. That is delicious. And I make an amazing sausage gravy and biscuits dish. Sausage that gravy. is just, it is so good. I That's can't so country. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But it's so good, I can't even believe I'm able to still make it and enjoy it as I did before. And it's so much healthier and it's so much better for me and it's cruelty free. So I absolutely love it. Yes. Now, when I got in the kitchen, um, I don't know, something just came over me and knowing that I was vegan. It was like a power in knowing what I'm putting in my body. 
mm-hmm. in every spice, every everything that I would put in my food is like, okay, I know what this is. Like I can read this, I can pronounce this, I know what this is gonna do to me versus just going out and eating and having no idea what people have put in my food. So I get so I feel so powerful when I'm in the kitchen making dishes. Because I know I'm feeding myself and Gray like the best, even a grocery shop different. Yeah. You know, like I get the premium quality, everything for us. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to water, you know, just products in general from health and beauty products, just everything. It's like, this is what's going in my body. I don't care the price. I care enough about myself and my family. So I'm going to make sure we have the best. And that's just, it's just a powerful feeling. And that's just how I do it. That is empowering for sure. I love that. It is. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Peter, because I. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look. Okay. Let me give you a little backstory. I grew up in Virginia Beach, and I thought Peter, the people, I thought vegans were crazy, like you. I thought they were boring, um, mean, hungry, and crazy. So I never, <laughs> I never thought I would be a vegan, especially because I grew up so close to Peter's headquarters, and I thought mm-hmm. that. I would see so much, you know, stream stuff going on around town. I would see them throw paint on people. I would see them throw paint on buildings and just act a fool. <laughs> so yeah. I never thought I would be a part of this community. So what was your experience? Because I know you grew up in Newport News, which is right down the street from Peter's headquarters. I grew up in Virginia Beach. So you would probably, did you did you see any of the stuff that I saw? How did that look when you were growing up? There? You know what? I didn't know anything about Peter growing up in Newport News. What? I never, let me tell you, that's what I'm telling you. I did. I never heard of PETA. I didn't know what PETA stood for. I didn't know anything about animal rights. I didn't even know you could protest animal rights. Like I had no idea. If you were to ask me what I wanted to be, like I said, I wanted to work with animals. Like I love animals. That was like far as it it was. I had no idea I could do something like this. So when I found out, I think I found out about PETA like five, six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And when I found out about them, I'm like, okay, PETA is the people for the ethical treatment of animals. So everybody that works for PETA loves animals. They're doing what they can to fight animal rights. I'm like, I definitely need to be part of this. So for the research, I started watching videos. And yes, I saw the videos where they were throwing paint on people. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. these people are kind of in your face. But the older I got and I sit back and I watch it, Now, I'm not saying, you know, throw paint on people because I wouldn't personally do that. I just like a more peaceful protest. But when people are telling me some of the stuff PETA does is so in your face, in your face. And then I drive down the highway and I see Chick-fil-A billboard. That's pretty in my face. Mm. So I started to say, you know, I started to say, like, okay, it's in your face because it's a reality of what's going on. And that's just sometimes is a reality we don't want to face. So whenever it's a reality we don't want to face, it's easy to say they're so in your face when they do their protests. So that's what I've learned and took from just being here and working with them, that the in your face is not that bad because I see a lot of times from commercials, magazines, where it's burgers and soda and junk food, and it's everywhere you turn. But we don't complain about that being in our face. Mm, that's so, like really, I never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. That's exactly how it is. It's like we don't, yeah. like, it's, it's easy to say because we're so used to seeing those things that right. oh, that we don't think anything of. I'm used to seeing burgers on TV, so I don't question yes. it. Yeah, that's so true. How does it look? Because I feel like most of the people, maybe I'm wrong to assume this, but it feels like most of the people who work for PETA do not look like us. How does it feel to they, be a, one of the faces of this organization 
and I feel like it's underrepresented for sure. Like, I don't really feel like people look like us are a part of PETA. Right, and that's the thing. So when I went to the PETA office last year, it was my first time going to the PETA office. I had never, previous to last year, I had never met anyone that worked for them. I would just see the videos they would make make online, and sometimes they would do, like, the celebrity endorsements where they would go naked, you know, saying they don't wear fur. But I had never personally met a person who works for PETA. And just to clarify, I'm an independent contractor with PETA, so I haven't been hired on board um, with the organization as of yet, keeping mm-hmm. my fingers crossed. But <laughs> um, yes, that's what I'm hoping. But so when we went to the PETA office in LA, as I walked in, I think I saw two people that looked like me. Okay. Everyone else, maybe like 15, 20 other people, no one looked like me. Mm. And you know, sometimes I was just like, hmm, I don't really see anyone that kind of looks like me. Maybe, I'm not really, I don't belong here, but I'm like, maybe I'm not what they're looking for. You know, that's kind of what I thought. Maybe I'm just not what they're looking for. And in meeting all the people, everyone was super nice. We all had the same, we're on the same page as far as what we want to see done with the animals, the cruelty that's going on. So it's like we were really bonding because we care about the animals. However, they didn't look like me. So when I reached out to them to do the like the protest of Universal Circus, they responded with, yeah, we would love to have you on board. And I started to do that. And even in doing that, I had so many people coming up to me saying, you work with PETA. They only hired you for the Universal Circus because it's a black circus and you're black. Wow. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, if you think about the Universal Circus is geared towards urban communities and people that look like myself. Mm-hmm. So if you know anything about marketing, you would to say, if we're going to go into an inner city, why would we show up with 20 white old women to say, don't go to the circus? Yeah. It's more relatable when I show up because I'm, I'm you, you're me. You know, like we live in this community. They're bringing this circus to our community, harming animals, and we don't need to be part of it. So I'm being that voice to say, look, I look just like you. Yeah. Like, don't th- you know, and that's why I do it. And that's why I'm glad they asked me to do it, because I've never seen a black woman out fighting animal rights or stuff like that. And there could there probably is some that do it. I just never seen it. So I never had no one to look up to or point to and say or aspire to be her. So in me, I'm hoping young black women, little girls see me and say, oh, you could actually fight animal rights like that's a thing. It is a thing. And they need us and they need more people like us, because when I go out to these protests, like the one I go to tonight, nine times out of 10, I may run into one other black girl and it'll be 20 or 15 to 20 of us there. Wow. And I know black people care about animals. I know I'm not the only one. Well, yeah, it's just they probably don't even know about it. You know what I mean? That's the thing. I didn't know about it because it really wasn't shown in my community that you go out and fight for animal rights. So that's just why I'm trying to fill that gap and bring a little more diversity to the whole idea of a black woman standing out here saying animals don't need to be hurt. Animals have rights too. And some people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm a true animal lover. Yes. And I don't want to see any of them hurt. So I think another reason why a lot of us don't really see ourselves in this situation is because we have so many, I say, I feel like I say this a lot on the podcast, but we have so many other things going on within the black community. So worrying about animals to a lot of us is just like, and like that, I don't have time Mm -hmm. to worry about no damn animals because I have, you know, worry about whether or not my son is going to come home tonight after being out you know what I mean that type of Mm -hmm. that type of attitude so what do you say about to you know what do you say about that how do you feel 
about the fact that a lot of people don't feel as though animals are that important. And right. we need to yes. focus on and our communities first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly um, the reaction I've been getting from several people saying black men are getting shot. We're worried if our sons are coming home and you are out here fighting for animal rights. And my thing is to them, at the end of the day, we have to understand you can care about more than one thing. And, you know, me caring about your son coming home, I care about that. Like, I want him to come home. Me caring about the cow getting slaughtered, I don't want him to get slaughtered. So it's not that I'm putting animals over people. That's, you know, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm just here to show people the same empathy you want us to have for you. We just need to have it for everything because it it makes a difference when you care. When you start saying, like, well, I don't care about this and I don't care about that. They're killing me and whatever. Like, that's just, a, it comes from a hurt place. And I know you really don't mean that. Mm-hmm. But you really feel like there's nothing else you can do. So it's easy to say, you don't care about animals and you don't care about this until they stop killing black men. Then you'll care. Like, I get that. Because, I mean, I get to the point where I feel like, what else are we supposed to do? Because they keep killing us. Like, it, it, it hurts me that it's happening. Mm-hmm. But in me being hurt, I still don't stop speaking up for animals. Right. You know, so I just want people to know it's not that myself or anyone else puts animal life over human life, but we are allowed to care about more than one thing. Yeah, I noticed that that's like a theme as well. Like, a lot of people feel like you can't um, talk about more than one thing at a time. And I don't understand yeah. that either. I'm like, what are you talking about? Injustice, like you said, you said this before we started recording, but like injustice in one area doesn't mean that you can't care about it you, across the board, you know? You, exactly. Injustice is injustice, you know? Injustice is injustice, and you have to care about it. And my thing is this, when I meet people who have said that, I think I met one person in particular who had said that, and he's like, you know, I'm here for black rights, civil rights. I care about our people. I don't care much about the animals. And I said, well, you know how much power you have in saying you care about black people and their rights. And here I am caring about black people as well as animals. And if we bring that together, we can be powerful. Like what you have and what I have put together can make a world of difference. But if you shut me out because I only care about animals, you're missing out because you have no idea the other stuff that affects me and the other stuff that I care about. So we have to stop putting that wall up to push me to the side or anyone else that's speaking out for animals to say that we don't care about the cause for, you know, black people and what's going on in America because we're not blind. We see it. And it hurts a lot of us so bad that we'd rather just be blind to it. But at the end of the day, we still have to keep pushing on and we have to do what we have to do. Yes, absolutely. So when you work with PETA and you do your protests, what is what are you guys doing exactly? Are you um, don't tell me because it's PETA. That's why I'm wondering what, what are y'all doing right. exactly? <laughs> so PETA, I absolutely love them. They come up with the most amazing ideas. Sometimes it's hard in your face hitting you. It gives you that reality check. But this one, the Universal Circus, they've been using animals in their show. And we know animals in any circus, they are being abused no matter what they say. Because if you just sit back and think, how can an animal perform day in and day out? These crazy, ridiculous tricks that aren't even natural to that animal. They're, you know, locked up in cages waiting until it's time to perform. They're locked up in those cages overnight. They're shipped all over the world in small crates. Like nothing is natural for these animals in the circus. So the zebra is what I'm doing now. I started as a tiger in a cage and Universal Circus no longer uses the tiger. I could say maybe because they saw me and they were like, let's get rid of the tiger. I don't know. But they we don't no act like that's the what happened. tiger. We yeah, like we're going to act like that's <laughs> we're what happened, right? <laughs> we're going with that. 
So that's amazing. That was a great big accomplishment. And then they still have zebras and the zebras have escaped before. Oh, like they don't want to be there. They're breaking out, just running down the highway, running down the street. So now they'll body paint me as a zebra. So I'll be, you know, new standing at a busy intersection during, um, you know, like a lunch hour where there's a lot of people and I'll just stand out there and I'll have a sign that'll either say Universal Circus abuses animals, get animals out of the Universal Circus or animals don't belong in the circus. They belong in the wild. And I'll have a team with me and they'll hand out leaflets about the Universal Circus and the cruelty that happens to the animal. And I just stand there peacefully and hold my sign. I don't yell. I don't scream. I don't make anyone feel horrible. If people come up to me and ask me, what am I doing? I tell them, you know, I'm protesting Universal Circus is in town this weekend. And we're encouraging people not to go until they lose the animals. And some people, most people are saying they didn't even know the Universal Circus had the animals. Yeah, And that's because exactly because they don't put it on their website. They don't promote it on their flyer nor do they put it on their IG or their Facebook. So they're not promoting the animals, but once you go to the show, you do see them. So in knowing you still have amazing ticket sales without promoting the animals, that's kind of letting you know you don't even really need them. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping with every city that they go to, I follow them. I have four cities coming up and I'm just hoping they'll say, look, let's let the animals go. Like we don't need them. And that's the end result. I had a wonderful message from a lady on Instagram. She hit me this morning, actually, and she said, my husband wants to take the kids to the Universal Circus. I mentioned to him that I follow you in gray, and I told him how horrible it was, and we're not going to go. And she just wanted to thank me because she had no idea about the abuse with the animals. And it made me feel so good because in the moments that I protest, people still walk into the circus. And in knowing I did this one, I've been doing it since February, and she sent me that message today. That was the first message I received like that. It's like everything that I'm doing is paying off, even in that one message. And she's actually in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'll be in Raleigh next week protesting. So she's going to come out with me to the protest. Nice. And I just, yes, it was such an amazing feeling when she sent me that message because like sometimes I'm like, really? I'm just out here taking pictures. Media comes. But are people not going to the circus? Like, do they really care? So that one message lets me know somebody cares. And even when I think they're not looking, people are looking, people are listening. And when they're ready to receive what I have to say, they'll receive it. So, so true. I want to talk about, too, let's quickly talk about why, um, as far as the cruelty with animals, I really want to talk about what's the difference. Because you know how, okay, people understand, okay, they shouldn't eat animals. It's not necessary to eat animals. I think a lot of people understand that on the surface, right? The most basic level, they get that, right? But I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding why, you know, animals in captivity is an issue. Why going to the zoo is a problem. Why going to the circus is a problem. Talk about a little bit about why that's an issue. Why, do, why should we care about animals being held captive? Yeah, so... Animals in captive, we know we're going to go see animals in a circus. We know they're trained to do tricks. And like I said, these are things that are unnatural to them. So when you even think of your dogs or your pets in the house, sometimes for you to train them, most people say, my dog pees on the floor, I put his nose in it and I spank him. For a lot of people, they do that and they believe that's a form of training their dog not to use the bathroom. So in knowing they'll do that to a dog, now you're dealing with the elephant or a zebra. What ways do you think you they would get them to listen and to do tricks? It'll have to come from either starving them, from beating them, breaking down their spirit, ripping the babies from their mother, and the mothers are left there to just mourn in misery for the rest of their life. 
And when you go to the circus and you see these animals climbing a tightrope, like when people want to take their kids for educational reasons to learn about animals, your child, an animal does not walk on a tightrope. Mm-hmm. So we know it's for entertainment. So that's why we say animals are not here for our entertainment. And then when you go to the zoo, if you see those animals day in and day out sitting in those same spots with cameras flashing in their face, people banging on the glass, like that's not a that's not a life no one wants to live. Mm-hmm. So I just ask us to like just take a minute and put ourselves in their position. Yes, they're animals and we are humans, but we don't like to be annoyed all day. So uh, we can walk away. The animals can't. And I tell people to go to a sanctuary. If you want your kids to really be hands-on and learn about animals, go to these sanctuaries where animals have escaped slaughter, where people have got these animals out of slaughter, because you're able to be up and close and personal with them. They're living out the rest of their life on land where they don't have to perform and do anything. These places aren't open seven days a week. They may be open twice a week. It's just a place for the animals to get away from what they've had to endure for as long as they've been, you know, alive. Mm -hmm. So I encourage sanctuaries. I would recommend you do not support the zoos. You do not support the circus. And just don't even fairs. Anything that has to do with having animals, having to ride their back, taking pictures, making them do weird things. That's just not what an animal does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's like this level of respect that we don't have for animals overall, I think. Um, we just yeah, yeah. and I don't think it's intentional a lot of times I think it's just we just don't really think about it and I, that's right, why and that's I love that you're talking about it yeah that's the thing I don't think we think about it either because this like is an animal like he's cute I want to get a picture with him and you know we do realize half the time you take pictures with animals they're either drugged up so they can kind of just stay still and take pictures and don't get me wrong there are zookeepers and people that love animals but at the end of the day we know being trapped in a cage when an animal think of the Orca, they swim a hundred miles, a hundred miles a day, and they're stuck in a small swimming pool. Like, you know, so you have to just kind of learn a little more about an animal to understand how it just breaks its spirit to be in captivity like that. Definitely. Before we wrap up, I want to know some tips that um, you can give us for people who are thinking about transitioning into a vegan lifestyle. I know you have plenty. So what what tips do you have? Okay, this is like my number one tip. Like take the whole word vegan out of it, because I think when you say I'm a vegan, you're so afraid of messing up that you get overwhelmed and you just mess up. Just start to look at the food that you're picking. And I always say, read the ingredients. So just as simple as that. If you can't pronounce it, let's start there. Like, don't get it. If it has milk, don't get it. You know, when you make your meals, if it has meat, don't eat it. And just from there, start to build meals around everything except the meat. Because I found a lot of times when people say I'm vegan and it's like, well, what do vegans eat? Like you already know what to eat because coming from an American standard diet, you usually have a meat and two sides. So start with your two sides and throw something else in there. And if you mess up one day, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Do better the next day. If you mess up in breakfast, that's okay. Do better for lunch. Don't beat yourself up and hold yourself to I thought I was a vegan because It doesn't have to be that serious. You will get there. Everyone's journey is going to be different. And for vegans that are already out there, you know, don't be so judgy and pushy on people who are trying. Because for some people, they have never heard of vegan before. Mm -hmm. This is so new to them. And we can't beat those people up. We have to meet them where we are. We have to help them. And if we can't be too pushy, but when they're ready, they will come to us because they come to me. I don't push my views on people, but I always stand true in who I am. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to know. 
for a lot of people, this is brand new to them. They've been living a certain way for 20 something, 30, 40 plus years, and it's not going to happen overnight and they will mess up and we can't beat them up and say, you can't eat that. It has milk. It has an egg. You just give them advice and they'll make a better decision next time. I agree with that. You know, another thing that I, I just, I was just talking about this early. I really don't like when people tell you not to do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then they don't give you solutions. It's like, yeah. girl, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, don't. Exactly. They, I, I can't, uh, drives me crazy. So instead of, you know, being rude to people and, and making them feel awful, it's like, okay, what can you do to make it better? Which is why they come to you, Nikki, because you don't come, you don't come from like that. You know, they don't, you don't go to no. them that way. Uh, yeah. Yes. that's. But you know, that's not even my... That's not even my style. Like, get to know me. I'm like homegirl fun. <laughs> I'm just like, no, girl, don't eat that. Do that. Well, next week, don't. You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm working with you because I understand it's a process and everyone's not going to do it cold turkey like I did. Yeah. And that's fine. But the end result is to get there. Yes. And that's all I want people to do is get there, have an open mind, take what you never. I will never give up meat. I will never give up my chicken wings. Like, let all that go. Because the time you let that stuff that you thought you would never give up, like a whole new world opens up to you. And just be open to accepting that and seeing what's really out there. And if you're doing it for ethical reasons only, perfect. That's great. You have people that do it for health reasons and they don't even want to eat sugar. Everyone's journey is going to be different. Don't try to compete with the next vegan. Don't try to be like the next vegan. Do what works for you and your family. And then result, you'll help the animals if you stop eating meat anyway. Either way. So. Yes, I love it. That is so exactly how I feel. I love it. I am so glad that we finally connected this way. I'm Me so too. Glad. We have so much in common. I didn't even realize that until we got on here. But um, I'm just so excited to um, see where, you, where you're going to be like in the next two, three years from now. Because, I mean, you and Greg are doing big things now. And it's so dope to see all of it happen on social media. Thank um, you so much. Of course. Tell us how we can reach you and also tell us about your t-shirt line. Okay, yeah. You can reach me um, if you're into animal rights and all that stuff. I'm on IG at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, the number four, the P-P-L. And you can reach me if you're into cooking, transitioning into vegan. I make some of the most uh, delicious meals, and that is Chef Nikki in the mix. The um, t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> Chef Nikki in the mix. I should have had Gray in the background doing it, but he's not around. Um, and the t-shirt, you can find us at Plant Based Dripping, and that's D-R-I-P-P-I-N. That's our t-shirt line. And Gray is official, graymusic.com. And he just released his EP last week. Nice. So that's on iTunes, on Google Play, Spotify. Check that out. Purchase that. Support us. Definitely. And this has been an amazing journey. And we're just real excited to reach out to more people and change more lives. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll make sure that I put all of Nikki's links and Gray's links um, on the blog post at brownvegan.com for this episode. So check it out. It was such a pleasure, Nikki. Thank you so much for being so on. It was so nice. Thank you so much. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters 
Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.